0: everybody. Thanks again for joining me here on Take a Knee. I'm Pastor David. What do we do when we have irrational fears? You know, when I was a kid, I used to have a few of those. I'm sure you did too. And as I think back, I try to remember those things that really, really scared me. And a couple of things, as I recall... In fact, if any of my brothers and sisters are listening in on this podcast, they'll remember some of these things too. But in the house that we used to live in, St. Louis, Michigan, this was a little town in central Michigan where I grew up and uh, for the first eight years of my life. And we had this old house, and that house is actually still there today. I think it has been renovated. But as a lot of houses did and do up there in michigan they have basements and this house probably was built at turn of the century if you look at the construction and how it was designed it probably was uh you know early 1900s maybe 1920s no later uh than the 30s that's for sure And it had this basement, but it was one of these rough basements that didn't have, it wasn't a a basement you might think of today and it it was finished. It was creepy. In fact, it probably only had like one hanging dim bulb down there. So I remember as a kid, if I ever was encouraged to go down there, I never wanted to go because I would go down three or four steps and see see the darkness, see the smell, the dankness of the air and feel it. And uh, and I remember just being so frightened about going down into this basement. And so I might dream about it, think about it. Maybe even my brothers and sisters would threaten to take me down there. I don't know. But it was one of those kind of things that you just really was afraid of. And another thing that I remember growing up and being afraid of was tornadoes again, growing up in Michigan, we we actually grew up uh, in several cities. We moved quite a bit when I lived in Michigan and lived in several cities. And uh, one of the cities that I lived in, I remember, especially St. Louis, as I was mentioning, that uh, there were tornadoes that would come through. We lived in what was called the Tornado Alley. And so Our part of the state got quite a few, believe it or not, up in Michigan. And I recall when these sirens would go off and the sirens would be placed throughout the city. And so they didn't have the technology back in those days to certainly watch or track a tornado on TV. Didn't have that. All you had was maybe a radio or, you know, uh, something pretty much just radio for them to tell you that you're in a situation where maybe a tornado is threatening. And so as a child, I would hear these tornado sirens go off and oh boy, would that get me so afraid? And we guess what we would have to do. You ready? We'd have to go down into that basement. Now, thankfully I would go down there with family. And so I would be with someone, but once again, you see how the, the 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 fear of a tornado and then the fear of having to go to that basement all came together. One was associated with the other, and so man, what a creepy, scary event to happen in your life! And it never failed whenever the uh, the springtime would come or early summer, we would have all those sirens going off and and they were scary. They were scary kind of sirens as they would blare throughout the city and uh, you knew it was time to get down in that basement or you could potentially lose your life. And once again, as a child, that's a scary thing. And one last thing I'll share that kind of connects them all together in a way is the Wizard of Oz. So you remember the Wizard of Oz and that whole Twister experience um, kind of pulled it all together for me. So there you saw the actual twister going on and little Dorothy running around trying to get away from it and trying to get down into the cellar, but she couldn't because the wind was blowing it down. And And so you can imagine all of that coming together for a child to create these very, very fearful experiences. And of course, what do fears do? They really paralyze us sometimes and they create events, uh, associations, and maybe even dreams that can affect your dreams. And I remember after seeing The Wizard of Oz, I would have dreams about tornadoes quite often. And so you might dream of the windows come crashing in in the middle of the night from a tornado. And in my dad, who was a photographer, he actually got a picture of a tornado as it was developing in the sky. He was driving. don't remember exactly where he was. I remember seeing the picture when he took it. He was a newspaper man and he was driving along and he saw the clouds forming. And so he got out of his car, got out his camera and started snapping pictures. And there was this little boy, as the story, as my dad would tell it, was sitting on the side of the road, playing down in the gravel, playing, you know, with his little cars or trucks and after my dad had taken a couple of shots, he looked at the boy and said, hey, you know, you might wanna go inside. And he's going, why? He pointed to him as his tornado was beginning to form in the sky right there in front of him. And of course he got very scared and ran inside and he, and he told him, look, tell your parents to take cover. So my dad jumped in the car, got away as he was watching that tornado form in his rear view mirror. So fears are amazing things. And today, as we talk about fear, it is, it's a paralyzing thing. And you know, when you think of children, it makes sense that children would suffer with fear. And thank God for parents who can come and, and calm us and, and sing us to sleep like my mom used to do and or they, you know, they would comfort us in saying, oh, no, we're going to be safe in the basement or, you know, don't be afraid of this, that or the other thing. And we're comforted by that. And as we begin to grow up, we begin to see, well, there's a lot of things you can do to protect yourselves from bad weather. You know, one of the things you can do is just move to a state that doesn't have any tornadoes. (laughs) You know, I guess that's one thing you can do as an adult. But what happens when you're an adult and you have fears? I know I've talked about phobias here on Take a Knee before, but what I want to do is I want to spend a little more time today talking about the solution. And what is the solution? Well, it's trusting in God, of course. And when I think of conquering fears, I love the scriptures and especially the one uh, in the Psalms, Psalm 23. And I wanted to take a minute to just read this and extrapolate and exegete and use my hermeneutic skills to read this and just extract from it all of the the wonderful, glorious help and peace and joy that we can receive from this wonderful psalm that David writes. Now as we kind of lay the foundation and the background of this psalm, you may have read it. In matter of fact, it is the most memorized, portion of scripture, probably of all time. In the times of the early gathering of churches here in the United States, the planting of churches, the steeples and the bells ringing on the Sunday morning, Sunday school time, so many of the great generation and baby boomers remember growing up having memorized Psalm 23. In fact, There have been people that have been found in nursing homes that have experienced dementia and they can't remember people's names or faces or places where they grew up or anything, but they can remember Psalm 23. Isn't that amazing? Because it is such a powerful promise. This is written by David and David of course was a shepherd and as a shepherd, he is going to use shepherd language. He's going to draw from his experience In being a shepherd, and not just using language that is poetic or just things that he thought of. No, this is an experience. This comes right out of David's own soul as he is sitting out there in the night skies by himself. We know of his story that he fights off a lion and a bear. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine a young man having to be out there by himself and having to defend his sheep from a lion? and from a bear, and yet God was there with him. And so for David to share this testimony, this this psalm, we can see that it comes from an experience. And, and, And it's not just gonna be that God gives him strength, but that God is going to help him with his fear. And so we're just gonna read this and let it minister to you today as we go through it together the Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. And I'm reading from the NIV here. And so maybe this will be a little different than what you're used to. But we can look at some of the other translations. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. I remember as a kid, when I read that the first time, I shall not want, I'm like, wait a minute, I do want. I've got a lot of wants. But that's not what he's saying here. In fact, in the translation I'm reading, it's helping us to see a little better of what David is talking about. He says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall lack nothing. David knows it as a shepherd, that he's caring for his sheep, and he's making sure that his sheep get everything they need. He's saying, God is my shepherd, and I am not going to lack anything either. Verse two, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Notice the language here, that he makes them lie down. As a shepherd has to do that. One of the things that we learn about sheep is that they're not very self aware. They don't know even what they need. They need a shepherd. And a lot of times when we think of sheep, they're not really the sharpest animals. They're easily led and, and they will not, they can, they can get so afraid and so jittery that they forget to eat and they forget to even care for themselves. And so When he says he makes me, the shepherd makes me lie down in green pastures, David knows what he's talking about, that God will have to come to us sometimes and say, look, lay down. This is where I want you to lay down. This is a green pasture. I've I've brought you to this place. Now I need you to relax and enjoy it. He goes on and he leads me beside quiet waters. Quiet waters were important for sheep because they would not drink if the water was making a lot of noise. It would frighten them and therefore they would not drink. Isn't that interesting? When you think about our lives, if we have too many fears, if we're gripped with fears, then often we will not take the time to even taste and see that the Lord is good. We will be so distracted with our fears that we will not know how to satiate our own spirit, our own soul. And so, He is saying that as a shepherd, he knew what to do. Bring him beside the quiet waters, a peaceful place so that they would drink. He says, God does the same thing. He's going to bring us to peaceful places so that we can drink. He says, he refreshes my soul. The soul is what it's all about, folks. Of course, we we need those things in our body. You know, we need food and we need exercise. We need these kinds of things, but our soul is what really drives us. Our mind, our will, our emotions. And God is concerned about that. Now we know that animals have a soul. They have a mind, they have a will, and there is emotion that takes place in animals. They don't have an eternal spirit, but they do have a soul. And he says in the same way he refreshes, he comforts my soul. He goes on, he guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. David knew that for his sheep to have protection, they belong to him. These sheep belong to his fold. And he's he's going to guide them along the paths for the sake of being a part of David's flock, David's family flock. God does the same thing with us. God leads us along the paths so that we'll maintain our identity as being one of his sheep. And God is always going to lead us only onto those paths that are going to be good for us. We're heading in the direction that is for his name, for his glory. Verse 4. Of course, King James, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, (laughs) we recognize that one, don't we? In the NIV, it says, even though I walk through the darkest valley, I prefer the King James version, don't you? That even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, Now, one thing we need to recognize here, it is not death that we're facing. We may at times face death, but in this case, what David is saying is that I walked through the valley of the shadow of death. Maybe this is where the lion was hiding. Maybe this is where the bears haunt is, his cave. And maybe he knows that this is a place where his animals could be killed. And maybe even him be wounded or killed. He says, even though I walk through that valley, I will fear no evil, he says. For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Do you see the language here? David knows that as a shepherd, his sheep can be comforted in walking through dangerous places because in time they're going to recognize that when the shepherd is there and he has the rod and the staff, they can be safe, they can have a sense of peace. And he says, in the same way, that when I walk through those places in life, whether they be the physical valley that he had to walk through or all the valleys that we have to walk through in life, and there's plenty, whether it be about our health, which we have really learned a lot about lately, whether it be just the thought of our future or even having to drive through dark neighborhoods or the dark, the what I call the dark night of the soul, those times when We're fearful of what might be happening of the future, hearing bad news or a bad report. You know, sometimes we fear those things that are just shadows. They're not things that have happened, but we fear that they might happen. Folks, those are the ones that have disturbed me the most in my life, and that as a pastor, often frustrates me when I see believers suffering with those. Apart from a psychiatric phobia, I'm talking about just those things in our life. I'm not talking about psychosis. I'm talking about those things just that if we let in the door, that we'll steal our peace. But here David is saying, no, that even though I walk through those things, I'm not going to fear any evil. I'm not going to fear the evil. And we need to bite into that, don't we? And the reason why is because you're with me. God is with us. Jesus said, I'm never going to leave you nor forsake you. And he said, I'm there. To call he says call upon me he says make the switch give me your burdens your concerns your fears and i'll give you mine which are he says my burden is light jesus must not be burdened about anything other than the kingdom of god and the advancement but even then that's wrapped up in the heart of the father for us we can then walk in peace this rod and staff often means that god will discipline those who he loves but he'll also protect us from the enemy Verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. And he's gonna give us this table. And what's on the table? The table obviously is a place where we eat. We have a meal. We we are fed. And he says, and this is prepared in front of our enemies. And so our success is going to take place in front of our enemies. What do we often fear? Failure. We fear not being able to have what we need. A lot of people are, are Influenced by that, I most certainly was growing up, having had a measure of poverty in my life. It didn't start out that way, but it uh, certainly struggled during my uh, teen years as my family really struggled, and so I didn't have all the things that my friends had, and so there was a lot of insecurity. There was a lot of fear of of being called out of being poor and and uh, having to wear inferior clothes and. shoes, and the whole nine yards. And it was a humbling thing. And God says, I want to prepare a table for you. You don't have to fear poverty. You don't have to fear not having what you need. Jesus went deeper, didn't he? He said, you know, don't fear what you'll eat or what you'll wear or what you'll drink. He says, your father knows you need all of these things. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you as well. We find this in Matthew chapter 6. And he says that this is the way of it. That we don't have to fear that our table will have what we need. And God says, I'll prepare it in front of your enemies. And that means whether it be... Testimony, or whether it'll be something, David is saying that you're going to take care of me, whether it be in front of the enemies that are out there in the field, the lion and the bear, but but also the robbers who would try to steal from David, steal the sheep at night. They always would trust that God was going to prepare that table of blessing and whatever he needed. He goes on in that verse: "You anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows." The anointing of the head for this period of time was a sign of health. It was a sign. The oil, of course, we know that olive oil was used for everything, just everything. The Roman world, it was a commodity. There were special places all throughout the Mediterranean that grew and pressed olives. And it was a major part of the economy and really well sought after. And the pure olive oil was good for an antiseptic as well as used as oils for the skin and for the hair. It was a sign of health. It was a sign of knowing that you had what you needed in order to be healthy and to care for your body. And so he says, you've anointed my head. Notice he says that God does that. The God is the one who brings the favor and the anointing. We can't miss that part, can we? The anointing of God. He says, you're the one who anoints me. You're the one who gives me favor and blessing. We find that in other places of scripture as well. He says, my cup overflows." He has everything he needs. God is going to give him more than he needs. Verse six, surely your goodness and love will follow me. What does it say in the King James? Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Goodness, mercy, love, all the goodness of God is going to follow me. I love that. If you're going to be tracked down and followed and chased by anything, we think of our fears that we're going to be chased by something that is going to capture us, kill us, maim us, steal from us, rob from us. But God says, no, I'm going to chase after you with goodness and mercy and love. That's what's going to be following you. When you look behind you and you expect to see something dark coming after you, you'll only find God. And God is coming. In. And you can imagine David is looking around. He's, he's, he's looking and, he, and he, as he's singing, as he's trusting the Lord, he says, you know, Lord, I can know that only good and mercy and love is going to follow me all the days of my life. Folks, think of that. David is saying that all the days of my life, what we have here is expectation, expectation. I remember it is said, I don't remember who said it first, but I'll claim it as my own that expectation is invitation. If we expect something, we are indeed inviting it. And if we're inviting it into our lives, then we are in a situation where it's going to come. You invite the goodness of God into your life. You're inviting the protection of God into your life. This is the essence of faith as we know it as Christians. See, if you're expecting darkness, if you're expecting failure, expecting to get sick and die, if you're expecting a short life, if you're expecting all of these things, you may not actually get those things, but you'll be tormented by the shadow of evil, right? And we don't want to have to constantly walk through the fear, through the valley of the shadow of death. It's not death. It's a shadow of death. It's just fear. It's interesting how David describes it. And so we can walk through these things in life and have an expectation that surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And we can trust him that he is going to do this forever and ever and ever. Amen. Folks, thanks for listening today and Letting me walk you through what is a prescription for a healthy life, a soul that is comforted and a life free of fear. Let me pray for us. Lord, I thank you for this chance to minister and Lord, speak life into those who are listening today. God bless us, keep us. Lord, I thank you that we can indeed walk through the valley, the valley of the shadow of death. And Lord, we fear no evil. May that be our expectation as we invite the blessing and favor of God in every area of our life today and every day forever, in Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, folks. Have a great week. We'll see you the next time. Bye-bye.